Hi, welcome to New Zealand Vegan Podcast, episode 11. I'm your host, Knuckles. I have to give a shout out before I forget. I got an email from Nancy from North Carolina, and she is a vegan, a recent vegan. And um, I want to give her a shout out because she sent me an email, and she found the podcast because she got uh, onto iTunes and she listened to some vegan podcasts and she sent me an email so shout out to Nancy and there's a um, Nick Nick in Canada shout out to Nick for sending me an email and um, he's he's vegetarian and I believe that he is transitioning his um, lifestyle uh, towards veganism so um, thank you for your emails and this week I have a special guest on the show who's joining me all the way from Invercargill uh, it's Jordan Wyatt and I'm going to let him introduce himself and um, plug his websites and his podcast so welcome to the show Jordan thank you yeah hi so um, tell everybody about your website um, you can just plug your website and your podcast if you like just give out the addresses before we get into what we're going to talk about today okay well I started I started off by making a group I've, I've been um, vegetarian for two years vegan for just the start of this year it's only been three months and I thought that I'd make an, my own little website on Bebo it's a social messaging thing to meet other vegetarians. So I've made a website, it's bebo.com slash invaveggies, that's to meet other vegetarian people in Invercargill where I live, it's quite a small place, and I've got only about eight members on there, but hopefully word will spread and I'll meet more people that are like-minded. Awesome. Okay, and I've got a link to invaveggies on my blog site. And um, did you want to talk about anything else that you do, or...? Well, I'm starting to make my own podcast, so I haven't done anything to do with animal rights just yet, but I will soon. Okay, great. So what's your podcast called? Uh, I just call it Jay Won't Darts Podcast. It's on iTunes. J-A-Y-W-O-N-T-D-A-R-T. If you look that up in iTunes, you'll find... um, Jordan's podcast. Okay, so um, I know that you were involved. You've been involved with some actual protest and activism out there, and I'd really like to hear about what it was like, and if you could just tell me what your experience was like, and um, what you were protesting against, and how you were actually involved, and what exactly you did. Okay, well, at the moment we have the Loritz Circus here in town. It goes around all throughout New Zealand. It's a circus and it's got an elephant called Jumbo, they call it. And there's a few other animals like llamas and I think there's dogs, trained dogs. Oh. And all, all through the country they've been protesting about, about the elephant and all the other animals in the zoos because they keep them in cages and small trailers all the time, packed in you know, right. more like property than living things. The animals in the circus, you mean, yes. right? Yes, and zoos too. Oh, okay. So uh, continue. Sorry to interrupt. What was what exactly? Uh, what what was the day like? Oh, it was it was nice weather, and we did get quite a few people that we had signs asking people to toot as they went past outside. We had quite yeah. a few people in support of us, and only a few negative comments. And it was it was really good to see the people that were supportive. That is really that's really good. Um, did you get any direct interaction with people um, who actually asked you, uh, you know, why are you protesting this or anything like that? Yes, we did, and I've done it twice now, two Saturdays in a row. This was the last one, and wow. just just yesterday I went back and we met a guy, and we were talking quite a while. He was just walking past, just a passerby. We gave him a pamphlet, and he started thinking about animal rights a lot more, and started talking about things that he'd seen himself, and so. 
Yeah, I think we had a convert right there. Excellent. And so in general, you found that the reaction um, was pretty positive from the community? I thought it was great, yeah. We only had a few people that just yelled abuse, but nothing serious. Okay. And I'm glad that you actually did get some one-on-one with people. Did you have any, was there any media coverage there, like radio, TV? We did have the local newspaper, the Southern Times. They took some pictures, and it, it went into a small sort of uh, a weekly newspaper. It had a couple of pictures, but nothing major. Well, did you did you read what they wrote? What what did they have to say? Uh, they just had just small sentences about safe protesters protesting animals and circuses and zoos. That's all they put, really. Not much of an article. Was it an unbiased? Did it have an opinion, or was it just a straight up reporting of this is what happened? It was just happened? a straight report. Just a good straight okay. report. Okay. And we heard, quite an, we heard quite an interesting thing from the elephant keeper himself. He said that 50,000 people came to see the circus all throughout the South Island. That they only had 20 protesters, the guy said in the paper. Well, we know that at our protest alone we had 11, and that's just in Invercargill. So they must have had a lot more protesters than what they were saying anyway. Oh, okay. Well, that's interesting. It's interesting. It would be quite good if, I think it would be great if um, somebody could be interviewed who was uh, from the uh, yes. the protesting point of view and actually get some of their the actual opinions. Numbers. Well, the actual numbers from their side and, and also their opinion. That would be great if, if, that, if that could happen. I guess they just sort of did an expose, um, mm. if that's what you call it. Okay. But in general, did you find, um, so you found it a positive experience for yourself? I thought it was great, yes. Oh, that's really good. So you're all v- very into uh, joining into uh, protesting, and you've had a good. You would do it again. <laughs> you'd do it again, I'd obviously. I'd do it again. Yes. Yeah. Oh, great. Um, all right. Well, I um, I think that that's that's a really good uh, thing. And and one of the things that I thought was um, kind of special was you you got to get very close to um, the actual animal that you were trying to help and very close to her in fact you saw you I see a photo where you were within a few meters of her by the looks of it yes and um and I think that's really special you actually got to see in the flesh um this creature that you were trying to help trying to help um, yeah um now the keeper himself um he he got a little angry uh with, with you guys yeah, he's, he's quite an abusive guy. Um, uh. We got shoot off. He asked if we were animal rights because I was taking pictures of the circus before it opened and I, I didn't lie yeah. to him and so he, yeah, he made me go away. And uh. Yeah, we, we were getting watched from the circus people so they're quite used to protesters by now. Oh, uh, yeah. So, so this circus is just all over the country, every city in New Zealand, is that correct? Yeah, it, it seems to tour. They have about three months off a year where the elephant lives on a small field and the, the guy has a house with his wife. But most of the year they're just in a trailer just going from city to city all through the country. Right. That would be a typical typical circus. Yeah. Um, Okay, but I remember we had a little conversation uh, when we were talking about this last week where I do want to get involved with, with protesting. I, I, wanna, I don't want to do it with any organization, and um, so I'm not really sure how I'm, how I'm going to get involved. Um, uh, I don't really know what the reception will be like. Um, when, I, when I think about protesting, I... I I've if I if I do 
get lucky enough to uh, get out there and, and actually what, get the guts or whatever it is that I need to do to get organised to get out there in the community. Um, I think protesting is a really useful tool um, and um, the fact that you had a positive experience is great. Um, you are aware that yeah, you've obviously all experienced some negativity though. How did you yes. feel when the, peop when the people, did it bother you very much when, when people were yelling stuff? No, I was fine. It was just just a few idiots driving past in the car shouting, get a real job or something like that. They weren't, yeah, okay. they weren't even reading seriously. And it yeah, was a Saturday okay. anyway, so not many people work on a Saturday. So it was right. just abuse. <laughs> I hear, yeah. And that's going to be just part, part of the territory. Yes, when you go out in public, you have to expect that, don't you? So. Yeah, absolutely. And even doing a podcast, um, you get some negative feedback. I mean, that's just that's just part of the territory and I think you need to develop a thick skin and I do think you need to differentiate between serious um, issues or somebody who has a serious objection or completely disagrees with you and, and somebody who's just trying to be abusive for the sake of it, push your buttons mm. or whatever. I mean, it's pretty obvious uh, when, when that's happening and I just don't really worry too much about that because it's, okay. um, it's not really worth spending any time on. Um, so... Um, I think I'm going to do a, a, another show about um, uh, protesting, but what I would like to say, just if, if I was to be involved in a, in a protest, um, no matter what it was from, no matter what the protest was about, um, if I, I mean, I, would, I wouldn't hold up a sign, uh, I wouldn't go to an anti-vivisection protest and hold up a sign saying, you know, go, go vegan, <laughs> right? Um, I would hold up a sign, you know, saying, you know, we shouldn't be testing on dogs, but the, the fundamental or testing on any animals, but the fundamental reasoning if i if I did get approached and I wanted to hand out you know literature or okay. anything at all i mean it it would be um strictly because I'd believe that all you know animal exploitation is wrong um all of it so the reason I protest uh would protest a circus elephant would be the exact same reason why I would protest animals being used for clothing and it's the exact same reason why so the base the moral baseline is the same reasoning so that's why if I go to any of these protests I want to hand out abolition vegan pamphlets okay. um, uh, so that's that's just something that I'm hoping I'm going to be able to do and I hope that um, you know I'll be welcome and um, that I can just hand out this this literature that just basically um, says you know we shouldn't be doing any any animal uh, you, any exploitation of animals at all and they shouldn't be our property and that's the reason you know why I protest the hunting of the whales it's not because I love whales and I think they're amazing I mean I do love whales and I do think they're amazing but I don't think that we should be killing chickens either so I just keep the moral baseline is the same and that's why the literature that I want to hand out is simply that baseline because everything stems from that in my opinion although of course if you're going to a protest about vivisection yeah you're focusing on that issue oh that's right because we were talking about single issue campaigns, single issues yes i was thinking that yeah so um when i talk about that what my point is when i when i'm using that phrase which isn't my own phrase i didn't come up with it okay. obviously but what i what i mean is i don't want to go to an anti-whale you know like sorry an anti whale hunting or yes. protest and, you know, stress the fact that, well, I mean, I don't know if anybody who, I think a lot of people go to whale protests maybe or who are signed with Greenpeace and I don't mean any offense to the people involved, but, you know, there's a lot of people who go to these things that aren't vegan and have no yes. problem with uh, wearing, you know, leather or eating, eating a hot dog. So 
for me, it would be a confusing message if if I was eating a hot dog and saying, you know, we shouldn't hunt whales. It would be a message yes, to me that yes. this the single issue, you know, the single issue that I care about is whales. I love whales, and I and I think they're special, and I'm separating them, and I'm giving them special treatment, you know. So when I talk about single issue, if you're spending all, you know, I I don't want to um, push it as a separate issue. It's all this. Uh, it's all the same issue to me. So when I when I join in community activism, it's all the same issue. But there's lots of different events that you can go to to show your displeasure. You can go to the circus and protest the use of the elephant and you know show people mm. that it's wrong. But for me, the reasoning is always the same. And you know there are people who protest um, fur. They go and they boycott um, place you know shops that are selling fur yes. and things like that. But you know. Leather is just as bad as fur, and so that's the point I'm making when I talk about single issue. If you're if you're really focusing on say foie gras, yes. but you're not really against exploiting geese in any way, you just think it's wrong to force feed them that yeah. way. Well, I don't think you're really you know helping the helping the geese. So when I talk about single issue, and I'm not saying that this protest you were involved in, I'm not trying to. This has got nothing to do with what you just told me about. It's just because we had this conversation about single mm-hmm. issue. And I just wanted to make it clear. What I mean by that. So, do you do, do you know what I mean when I talk about the way that I would want to? Yeah, pro- I, I understood that. I understood that when I went there, and I noticed that <clears throat> we were protesting about animal rights and things like that. But most of us were not vegan, and quite a few of us were wearing leather and things like that. And it is a conflicting mes- message when you're protesting about an elephant and mm. you know animal treatment. Yeah, I think it is. Um, it is um, a confusing uh, way to, you know, people won't notice it because nobody really thinks that way. So people would think, oh, well, they're protesting the elephant and it, it wouldn't. Okay. I don't think the, a member of the general, well, I personally don't think that the general public would pick up on that. Okay. Um, I would hope they would. I would love it if the member of, of the general public would go over to somebody and say, hey, why are you wearing leather if you think, you know, I would yeah. love that. But I don't know if they if that would happen. But let me ask you a question. Did you bring that up at all or did you just let it go? I let it go. At the time. Yeah. Fair enough. Oops, your phone's ringing. You want to yes. get it? No, I'll leave it. Okay. You'll leave it. Okay. All right, so that's good. So you haven't... Because um, I think it probably would have caused conflict and it might have taken away from what you are actually trying to do that day. Yes. Would that be true? If we were fighting amongst ourselves, yeah. Fair enough. Okay, great. But all, all in all, I think it was uh, sounds like an amazing experience. And um, when you saw the elephant, did it just make you more determined did, to yeah. help her and um, help other other elephants? It did, yeah. And and other animals. That that's excellent. So thanks for sharing that. Um, and good on you for getting out there. I think that's really awesome. Now, what I, one of the things I wanted to ask you about, because we've talked about this before, is um, you're in a small town um, yes. or city. 50,000 people, yeah. 50,000 people in Invercargill. And, um, and then you're in a country where veganism has not got a very high profile. No. Um, so it's... How do you find, practically speaking, in every aspect, and I mean like talking to people and also just taking care of your needs, uh, what, what's it like for you as a vegan in Invercargill specifically or in a small place? Well, I notice I have to use a lot more websites and really do my own work and look for things that I, you know, do the research myself. I don't really have any shops here, like the safe shops I think you've told me about. Yep. Um, in Auckland, we have the safe shop and I buy most of my products there. And I'm very, very lucky that it's just, I can just get a bus and I can just go there and I can just buy, mm. you know, vegan products. Um, 
I will say that, that you can order them uh, online, um, although you have to pay extra for that and not everybody can afford it. Um, and you have to wait, obviously. And you have to wait, so you have to plan, otherwise you're going to run out. Yeah. Um, so it, that, that is difficult. So, so with regard to food, would, would you say it's hard? I mean, I wouldn't think it would be, but you, you tell me. I don't think it's that difficult for food, no. Yeah, I don't mean eating out at a, at a restaurant or, or like, yes. um, you know, obviously that's hard uh, in a lot of places uh, because, uh, you know, it's hard to find a vegan restaurant. Um, I'm sure you have absolutely zero, but yes, <laughs> with regards to buying your own uh, food and things, um, I've said at it At the myself. supermarket, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's very, very easy, in my opinion, to sustain yourself as vegan, Um um, the thing that I would think would be hard for you and the thing that would that made me think twice about how lucky I am to have this store here and to have come from New York where I first went vegan and have amazing resources is things like uh, personal products like hair, hair care, shampoo, needs that we have as people to keep ourselves hygienic. Um, uh, so that, that I think would be difficult. And um, how do you deal with that? Well, I'm just looking into it at the moment because I realised I've been using a brand of shampoo that comes from Procter & Gamble and they test on animals, so mm. I found mm. out about yeah. that. So I'm looking at alternatives right now as we speak. And um, how, and so, But you have to look online or, or do you think that, I mean, what would you do? Are there any health like health stores there that might have some sort of option? There's not that many health stores that I go to, but I, I have started visiting them since I've been vegan to look for other things there. Okay, okay. Um, so I think um, one, of, one of the suggestions that I would make um, to deal with that in the meantime is you could, um, for certain things like shampoo, conditioner and, um, I don't know, I mean for you it's not like, I don't know if you use moisturizer or anything, I mean <laughs> no, like I girls, we, we have a lot, we have a lot more, but you know, you could order them um, from... Um, Online, yeah. Yeah, I think it would be great if you could order it from them just because it would help increase the demand or something mm. like that. But I'm happy to do that um, and um, just go there and buy it and then send it down to you and then you can just like uh, just put it into my bank account or whatever. Sure. I could send you some stuff because as far as I'm concerned, I'll do anything that I, that's within my power to stop anybody from buying, sure. <laughs> you know anything that's not vegan and if they're in a position where they can't do it and I can help them I would much rather do that because that was really distressing to me to be honest when I was thinking about that I thought what would I do you know what would I do um, I since I've been vegan which is very recent I've never had to I've never lived in a place where I couldn't go to a store and buy vegan shampoo like I could does it say it on the actual bottle or it, it, How do you find out about if it is? Well, safe. I mean, we trust that they're okay. doing their research yes. properly. So if safe says it's vegan, uh, I would certainly hope that it was. So um, I do um, put my trust in, in, in their research. What I used to do um, in the States was there's um, a lot of organizations. You see, the thing, when you get into, when you start looking at products, it's a whole different can of worms or whatever that gets opened up sometimes you know it's funny um even 
using animal metaphors now. I catch myself things that I used to say okay. like I I have um, you know I don't I don't want beef with you. You know that saying? Yes. I don't want beef. You know <laughs> I, I even now I'm trying to not say those things, and it's more like self it's more like self censorship because I know that if I say I don't want any beef with that guy, it doesn't mean that I'm going to go out and eat beef. But <laughs> because I because I'm so careful now, especially in doing this podcast, um, I really had to. Um, be careful because I I try not to. You have to be careful. Um, I I don't want to be in a position where people c- can waste my time uh, with sort of me having to explain. Well, look, when I say I don't want beef, it doesn't mean that I think that beef. <laughs> do you know what I mean? I don't even want to go there. I don't have the yes. time for it. So I'd much rather just censor myself, just edit myself, and just never use those ones. But there's so many. Uh, so many sayings in our language that are uh, related things from yeah. animal uh, thing grab the bull by the horns yes. you know like that one you know get, get out there and get that job grab the bull by the horns you know so to be honest I'm really um, learning that there's a lot of stuff in our culture that uh, it's just unconscious but the reason I, I edit myself or I try to watch what I say is because I am putting myself out there in the public and I am trying to be an activist and I don't want to waste time having to triply explain something I'd much rather just not even be caught out by it but anyway I can't remember what we were talking about what were we I talking about too. We're talking about animal products last and about getting them from safe and that you had to take the word for Oh it. right oh uncaged this yeah this is this is what I do um, this is what I did in the, in the sorry. This is what I did in in the, in the states. Um, there's a, there's um the the main one I used was leapingbunny.org, um, and um, what they do in New Zealand as well. Um, if you look at the products, if there's Le- leaping bunny, is um, and I'll put a link to them on, on my blog. It is a it's a it's a bunch of people who got together and who really do their research on a company and they. If you want, if you want your product to have the leaping bunny logo, um, you have to pass certain criteria. They won't just take your word for it. If you, for in other words, if you approach Leaping Bunny, or if Leaping Bunny approaches you and says, "I see you have a natural line of skincare products," um, and you say that you don't test on animals, well, you know, let's let's endorse you with this vegan label. But in order to do that, we have to satisfy our own criteria that you really don't use any products because. The product itself cannot be tested on animals. I mean, the shampoo that you buy from Procter and Gamble, maybe they don't squirt that shampoo into rabbits' eyes. But as you know, Procter and Gamble conducts horrific animal testing. So you give them money, you're supporting them. But another company that has beautifully natural and ooh la la and no animal testing, they might buy one of their base ingredients from Procter and Gamble. And so Leaping Bunny wouldn't endorse them either, even though. They're not testing any of their products on animals, and even if the product that they're buying from Procter and Gamble is not a specific product that is tested on animals, they still will not endorse them because they're buying from a company. One of their base it could be just one ingredient. So those are the kinds of things that I really, really trust, and those are the kinds of things I imagine that Safe and things like that would be doing, um, and also these companies would be providing evidence um, because believe me anybody can put that on the back of their bottle and nobody's going to check I mean I, I I see products that say not tested on animals I used to believe it but now I don't I don't believe it until I see the endorsement from somebody who's really checked them out 
So, um, well, I've joined up with the Vegetarian Society. You know, that you've explained before there's a difference between being a vegetarian and a vegan. And I see that the Vegetarian Society in the UK and now in New Zealand, they have a trademark that they put on things. And all their things that it's a V, it's, it's a green circle with a V. And it's really neat. I've started looking out for it. There's only about 20 things that use this, but there's a burger chain that's only in the North Island called Burger Fuel. You might have heard of that. Yep, and they have a vegan burger. They have three burger patties there. Mm. So um, it's, quite a, it's a good way to get it out. And they also check that it's GE-free and things like that. But this trademark's been in use in the, in the UK since the 1970s, and it just seems to be a recent thing in New Zealand. But it would be great if they'd have a vegan society of New Zealand one too. Yeah, I agree. Well, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about. What you're talking about there is, you know, we're lucky that these groups are going yes. out there and doing all this research so that we as the consumer, I mean, I'm grateful to them. And, you know, the vegetarian societies, I mean, uh, I am extremely um, very much trying to reach out to all vegetarians and, and convince them about veganism. But I will say that vegetarians are very welcoming to vegans. Yes. I mean, if you want to feel welcome, go to a vegetarian party. Do you know what I mean? Um, go, you know, they're very, very welcoming. Um, and I do always try to um, point out the fact that, you know, uh, I, but, I, but I just am grateful for them to be so welcoming to me. And um, if I was to have a group uh, of, of, of any kind, I would welcome vegetarians. I would certainly try to engage okay. them in dialogue. Uh, with regard to the difference between vegetarian and vegan, I certainly would, but I certainly would not close the door in their face. And in fact, I wouldn't close the door in anybody's face. Everybody would be welcome to come to my mm -hmm. uh, barbecue or whatever, um, but I would not allow any animal products yes. in the barbecue. So if you're a meat eater and you wanted to bring yeah. uh, some animal products, I wouldn't allow you to bring the animal products, but I'd allow you to bring yourself. And I wouldn't shun you or condemn you because you, you're doing that. So I think it is really good to be welcoming to um, other groups. But I do find that there are a lot of vegans who are extremely unwelcoming to um, meat eaters because they're horrified and they're, uh, you know, they're, um, you know, maybe they're they're jaded or they're just um, intolerant. Well, I, I don't think we have time to be intolerant of anybody because we're not going to you know we're not going to help anybody that way. And there are also uh, these pro uh, or these anti-vegan uh, uh, people who I'm sh who I'm sure are absolutely not welcoming to vegan. I think one of the biggest things that we have to learn as activists, especially because we are so incredibly outnumbered, number one, and number two, we are up against such horrific, horrific things. I mean, this isn't child's play. We're talking about death and suffering and torture on a horrific level that just blows the mind. So it is very easy to to get very, very frustrated with the situation as a vegan who's trying to to spread the word of veganism or do anything, you can get very, very frustrated um, because we're in such a huge, huge minority. And um, I see it happen all the time. Um, I read a lot of things um, out there and I see um, a lot of uh, anger and um, intolerance. And I'm not saying that we should... I, I, I never, ever, ever tell anybody so that they'll feel better I never say, look, okay, you know, I guess it's okay that you eat meat or, oh, well, all right, I guess it's all right if you, I never, ever, ever do that. No matter what they say, they're not going to get me to say that. Okay. However, however, I try to be tolerant and patient with them because I am deadly serious that I am trying to spread this, this message. So the thing I've learned ever since I became 
a vegan and I don't know if this happened to you Jordan because I know that you have conflicts with people in your life yes. I'm sure you do I mean you know we it's very very hard to sit back and watch uh, somebody actively participate in what you know is this horrendous suffering um, it's very very hard um, but I found that and I don't know you can tell me a little bit about your experience sure. but I developed the most unbelievable patience because it's so important to me this this way and and I really that's all that's the only way that we're going to make any difference in my opinion um, there are people who don't agree and that's fine but I am, am a pacifist and I do believe in tolerance and I do not believe that you can force people to change I I just don't believe you can force people to change um, and I do believe of course you're not going to reach everybody but tolerance is huge it's absolutely huge now we're in a position where for example let's talk about uh, I don't know child abuse nobody's tolerant of that I mean you're not going to sit around and have people say we need to be tolerant of the child abusers yeah. and give them time you know because it's universally condemned it's universally condemned by every society in the world it still happens yes. and you know people engage in it but nobody is ever going to sit there and defend mm. it nobody however what you and I view as well I certainly view it as equally bad uh, what we're doing to animals I view it as morally equally bad as child abuse I mean I think they're all bad rape child abuse racism oppression speciesism it's all the same to me but the difference between our sort of fight if you want to call it that and somebody who's fighting child abuse is 99% of the world is morally defending animal abuse that's the difference so people do defend it publicly so the difference the reason why I try to be tolerant is because I don't expect to uh, get my my mouth into the ear of the president of yeah. America but I certainly can talk to my neighbor and my landlords and you know I'm sitting in and I'm sitting here and I know for a fact I mean I I could be wrong but I'm pretty sure that every single person within a at least say a mile radius is not yes. vegan they're not vegan they're eating animals they're wearing leather you know I'm surrounded by this so you know the only way that I'm comfortable being an activist and if other people aren't then they do their way but it's it's a very difficult thing to do um, for some people is to not get so angry and just so frustrated but the thing that keeps me going is I remember that less than two years ago you know I was doing what I abhor and I think if somebody I don't know because it never happened to me but if somebody came up and judged me or or was very impatient and intolerant of me I don't know uh, how I would have taken it but I don't think I would have taken it very well and it could set you against the it could set you against the message itself it might make you think that all vegan people were bad people or something like that yeah I think if they were rude to you I agree because and I definitely do think and this is why I'm interested to talk to you because you got out there and you did this protesting and I've never done it yet so but I really do think that there's an extremely bad image out there of animal activists and um, some of it comes from yes. the actions of stupid people because there's stupid people everywhere but I think a lot of it comes from what we're trying to fight against but there's definitely a terrible image absolutely atrocious image of animal activism I mean we're just um, <laughs> don't you agree Yes. Well, I've heard you talk about it before, and on some other podcasts, like the Vegan Freaks one, they say about how vegans are portrayed on TV and in movies. Yeah. And you've talked about it before in your podcast that people sort of think of them as stick-thin women, sort of, and complaining about things all the time. 
with us, we should hope to be more more everyday people and friendly everyday people. Yeah, and another thing is um, we're, we're portrayed as people who yes. really have no lives. Um, seriously, uh, people <laughs> cannot believe that you can actually enjoy life uh, without eating <laughs> ice cream or wearing leather or the rodeo. I mean, you know, I enjoy life. I can go out and dance all night and wear a gorgeous dress and I can use beautiful skincare products and gorgeous makeup if that's my thing and I can wear beautiful jewelry and go out to a party and dance all night. I can drink wine. I can do all these things without engaging in any kind of animal product. It just doesn't have to come up. Well, it doesn't yeah. have to come up um, and you can be... But we're portrayed as quite miserable, wearing grey. Yes. But even that portrayal doesn't really bother me, the, oh, the skinny kind of, you know, yes. whatever. What bothers me is the portrayal of people as intolerant and irrational and violent. Okay. My landlord uh, lives right above me, and they have a TV. And I was looking through the TV guide, and there is a show called Rush. Are you familiar with that show? Rush? No, I'm not. Okay, well, there's a show called... I mean, I'm not either. I just saw it in the TV guide. There's a show called Rush, R-U-S-H. Apparently, it's an Australian cop drama, right? And the theme of the show is, um, for this week's episode, is um, the team uh, puts themselves in personal danger because they investigate an animal rights group that blows up a laboratory. <laughs> that that was the theme of the oh. show. Okay, so the theme of this cop show is these animal rights people who were violent and blew up a laboratory. The whole show. Well, well, I mean, I just read the blurb. Just this episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. J just this. It's a cop show. So this, the whole episode, though, still. The, yeah, this week on Rush. I mean, if you get your TV, I don't know if you have a TV guy, but if you do, get it and have a look at this week's episode of Rush, and you will see the blurb is about a group of animal activists that blow up a laboratory or attack a laboratory, <laughs> and the, you know, the team puts themselves in danger and investigates this. Well, I was highly disturbed by that because that's the last thing that we need right now is is this portrayal. <laughs> but you know. Black people are fighting this. Uh, watch any TV show, the black people are like in gangs and, you know, so we're all fighting yeah. stereotypes and they're going to make stupid TV episodes about stereotypes and it's probably really nothing we can do about it, but they are damaging. So um, I would like to see a show about, um, you know, veganism as portrayed uh, without uh, any kind of stereotype at all. I would love to, somebody to just do a movie that includes, you know, veganism. So anyway, let me let you talk a little bit. What is it, what is your experience as a young man, especially a, a male? Um, you're only, what, 20 years old? Yes. And how is your peer, how are your peers? How, how is it for you being a young man uh, in a small town and being vegan? Well, we talked about it earlier, about the whole public image of vegans as being very thin and whiny and complaining women very thin women that complain a lot and so it's it's yeah. and things like lentils and tofu when you see them on tv they don't really seem to make it a very masculine thing do they like here in new zealand we no. have the image of the southern man and they sort of wear a leather jacket and they work with sheep and animals all the time and all that kind of stuff drinking beer all that kind of really tough guy kind of stuff and and eating steak yeah yeah especially eating steak and yeah they don't they don't make it sound very masculine do they no so so most of my friends do have, some of my personal friends get along with me about it, but quite a few of my friends think I'm quite weird now for being a vegan because they're not used to it here. Right, but um, I mean, they knew you before you were a vegan. So yes, they did. So they, I mean, you haven't suddenly started wearing flowers in your hair and skirts, right? No, I haven't. <laughs> so, I mean, 
they must realize that as a, as a person, uh, you're not emasculating yourself. Or do you think that right. they do think that? Do they really think that you've lost some of your manliness, these guys? I think they've just grown up watching them on TV and it's always, I guess, it's just a minority thing that they've grown up thinking that they have to be a certain way when, you know, not everyday people. Yeah. Okay, so um, I think it's really awesome because you can actually be an example yeah. to them as well. And um, they're very lucky that um, that you've done this because it's, <laughs> it'll just open their minds as well. I mean, anything that opens people's minds and makes people a little more tolerant, I think, is a good thing. Um, do you find that um, new people that you meet, uh, have you met, I've, have you, I know you started to getting out there and trying to meet other animal activists and meeting, and you say some, they're not always vegan, yeah. um, so I guess you haven't discussed veganism with, with the animal activists, activists at this point. Does it come up? Not so many because I try and get along, but when I go to some of the animal meetings, they sort of ask people when they meet them, are you vegetarian? And it got brought up that I'm a vegan. And in the, in the protest meeting about the circus, they had about two vegans mm. and a few vegetarians, but they made it sound like it was sort of a religious thing, as if there were different classes of people and vegans were sort of, all shiny like a priest or something. So that made me feel quite awkward that they sort of hold you to higher expectations. Um, okay, they one. they looked up to you. They looked up to me. <laughs> they looked up to you. Well, I mean, did they realize that they themselves can also be this exalted vegan? I, mean, <laughs> I thought. You know, I thought. I mean, it's... it makes sense to me that if they felt that way about someone else doing it, that they'd want it too. But no, they sort of said, "Oh, how do you live without chocolate?" And they always had their little things that they said that they couldn't live without. And I told them that there were vegan alternatives, you know, but. Oh, well... I, um, I haven't brought it up much with them because I'm trying to enough. get along with them all. I know. Isn't it quite sad that what you just said, and that's the same with me, I can't, you know, you can't talk about veganism with the animal rights people because you're trying to get along. It's like, and what? If you, if, you, yeah. if you bring it up too much, they say that it sounds like you're preaching too. Like, if you're trying to convert them, you don't want to sound like you're trying to convert everyone. Like Mormons knocking on the door kind of thing, going door to door. Well, I mean... They're protesting. They're going out there yeah. and trying to tell people not to go to the circus. Anyway. Um, it's just I, I try not to badge my friends about it, you know. No, no, absolutely not. And I also try that as well. I try not to alienate uh, people. And so one of the reasons why I started to do the podcast was because the longer I, I was vegan, the more time that elapsed. And I, you know, I really, really wanted to help the animals. I really, 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 really do. Um, everything that we do, I think, has a selfish motive. I mean, I don't think I'm a saint or anything like that. But it does. Uh, it did get to the. It did. It is something that that that. Um, I just was. Uh, I really wanted to help. But what I thought I would do with this podcast is, for one thing, I was going crazy because you can't badger people and you can't get in people's faces. Well, you can, but you're not going to get anywhere. So I really had these things building up inside of me and building up inside of me. And it was it was very upsetting to me to have all these thoughts in my head that made me so passionate. And I would be sitting in a group of people and I'd really want to talk about them because they really mean so much to me. They, they mean this is the most important thing that I'm in in my life, uh, as far as as far as I'm concerned. So I did the podcast because I could talk for twenty minutes about it and mm -hmm. get it off my chest. 
and um, people can choose to listen or they can turn it off if they don't want to hear it they just can turn it off but if um, it doesn't mean I don't want to go out there and do activism like I say every day at work I talk to people but there comes a certain point they they turn off the conversation so I have a friend who asked me all these questions and we still talk but every now and then so so he will get to a point where he's just so uncomfortable because we're at the point where he kind of might have to admit that it's wrong to eat meat or whatever you know and okay. he'll just back you know he'll just back right off and um and rather than the next time I see him saying, well, so, you know, you're still going to eat meat? I mean, have you thought about what I said? I mean, does it, you know, I don't say, I don't say anything. And to be honest, Jordan, I don't, I don't really bring this up with people because okay. you don't have to. Yeah. You don't have to because when you meet new people, eventually you're going to go out to eat together or you're going to talk about something. And like I say, no matter what, things come up. Uh, animal, uh, it comes up. So you can't avoid... You can't avoid telling people about the fact that you're vegan if you want to socially interact with them. So people say, do you want a drink? Well, that's a whole different story for me as it is for them. Because if I'm having a drink, it has to be a vegan drink. Okay. I'm not going to drink anything that's not vegan. So even if we go out to a bar and people are like, you know, oh, we opened this bottle of wine, have some. Even if I've never met those people before and we're just sitting down and we've just met, they're going to find out I'm vegan in the next five seconds. <laughs> because I'm going to tell them, I have to look at the back of the bottle. Oh, no, I'm not going to drink that. I'm going to go get something else. And they're, they're going to say, why? I'm going to say, because I'm vegan. So it's not like I go up to people and say, hi, my name's Liz. I'm a vegan. Do you eat meat? <laughs> you know, I don't do that. It just comes up. It just comes up. And I think you'll find that. Um, you're meeting these new uh, activists, and so obviously vegetarianism comes up. But, um, like, when you go out, I, I mean, I don't know, you know, what you do for fun or anything like that, but when you meet new people... Um, especially as you get older and it's more about maybe eating rather than drinking or stuff like that when you kind of slow down a little bit. Some people never slow down, but um, you'll find that even shopping or, you know, um, I remember when I went down to see my cousins and they said, do you want to go horse riding? And I said, no, and, you know, no, I, I definitely do not want to go horse riding. <laughs> and I didn't say to them and neither should you, damn it. You know, I just said, I think it's wrong to ride horses I don't think we should be using horses and I leave it at that and people will come back to me later they'll go home and they'll have a think and then they'll say oh, I know what I'm going to say and I'll just be sitting there quietly and they'll come up and say hey you know what you said about horses well what about la 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 so I find it quite astonishing that I never really have to instigate anything okay do you find that? yes I do notice that too it just seems to come up have you thought of any ways that that any good openers for it though like we were saying before that most people um, think child abuse is a wrong thing but they don't seem to think about yeah. animals do you ever have any good opening lines to start talking about it or do you just let it come up well so far I haven't had to bring it up because it's an intrinsic part of of yes. eating, drinking, shopping, entertainment. So I haven't had to bring it up. But when I bring up the reason why, do you mean like when people say why and then you have to explain why? Yes. Yeah. Okay. What I do, because um, the main reason, the main thing that I use, because this, this is what, what got me thinking when I, was, when I became vegan and then I started to hear these things, for example. Um, you ask people, do you believe that it's wrong to cause unnecessary suffering? So, you know, somebody says, why are you vegan? You know, why don't you eat, uh, you know, why don't you wear wool? I mean, 
or why, why don't you just have a little piece of chocolate? Who cares? It's only milk. And I'll say, well, <laughs> you know, I think it's wrong to cause unnecessary suffering. And if you ask that question just as an abstract question, you don't even relate it to anything. So in other words, you just say, look, do you think that it's wrong to cause unnecessary suffering? I mean, just think of that sentence alone. I can't think of anybody who would say no. <laughs> right? Unnecessary suffering. Not, yeah. Is it wrong? Well, yes, it's wrong. And then you say, well, all of our use of animals is unnecessary. So by definition, it's it's immoral. When I when I get down to the fundamentals of it, that that was the argument that got me. So and that that's the argument that's behind why veganism is um, includes um, uh, food as well as entertainment as well as you know the only one that you if you if people really get into the nitty gritty. Um, and they start to examine that argument for what it is, which is, do you think it's wrong to cause unnecessary suffering? I mean, everybody's going to say, of course I think it's wrong to cause unnecessary suffering. And they're going to say, but we need to eat meat. You know, that's not unnecessary. And then if you can tell them, if you can convince them, the lack of necessity, the fact that it's not necessary. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, what's, things that are necessary are water, food, and shelter, right? I mean, without those, we'll die. I mean, and sunlight. Ah, uh, sunlight, very good. Um, but a big screen TV, is that a necessity? <laughs> no, that's not a necessity. And, um, you know, a leather belt, it's not a necessity. Um, going to a circus and seeing an elephant. It's not okay. Water is a necessity. Without it, you'll die. So that that's what I what that's what I do. And the reason I make it so extreme is because people confuse necessity with preference. They say, "But I love ice cream." You know, to them that's a necessity. But when you break down what a necessity really is, all our use of animals is not necessary. That that's my approach when people want to know why I say I think I, when people say why are you vegan I say I, I'm a vegan because I think that unnecessary suffering is wrong and I don't want to cause any unnecessary suffering in my life and all our use of animals is unnecessary and by definition that makes it immoral to me so that's my argument and that gets people really really thinking and examining because they start to go through things they're like well hang on a minute she's wrong and then they think well <laughs> it's necessary to and then they, they realize, I mean, it's really not necessary. If you get somebody to admit off the bat that unnecessary suffering is wrong, then it's very hard for them to, to negate that. They can't suddenly turn around and say, oh, no, no, I changed my mind, I changed my mind. I think it's fine, you know, it's fine to cause unnecessary suffering. I take it back. No, they're going to they're gonna, they're gonna have to stick by that unless they want to admit that, oh, well, I, I think it's fine to cause unnecessary suffering. I don't care. And some people will say that to you. And those people, I say, well, at least you admit it or, you know, that's, that's, there's really nothing I can say. You know, there's really no need for us to talk any further because if that's the way you truly feel, then, you know. But anybody else who, uh, who, who you get to admit that, then they have to start justifying their use of animals as, necess as necessary. And by the true definition of necessary, not meaning preference or you know, convenience or habit. And that's when people start to think. And it might take them a long, long time. But, and even if they admit it and they say, do you know what, you're right, uh, this is unnecessary, I'm going to keep doing it though. Well, I did the best I could, but at least they're admitting it. And every time they sit down to eat, they know that they're causing unnecessary suffering. Now, if they can live with that, well, I mean, I can't go there and take a gun and, you know, hold it to their head and say, 
you know, eat the lentils, you know. I, ha- I have to accept it. That's where the tolerance comes in. Otherwise, you're going to go crazy, and people go crazy. <laughs> That's the problem. And the ones who make the news are the activists who go crazy <laughs> and um, blow up people, uh, you know. But the thing is, also, Jordan, is unlike you, I haven't gone out into the community as an activist. I mean, I talk to people in my life, um, and um, but I have not gone out into the community. And I sincerely hope that if I'm out there at a group, at a meeting, or at, say, say I go to an event and I'm protesting and somebody comes up to me and starts insulting me in my face, well, I don't know yet if I am a patient, tolerant person. You really don't know yourself until you've been tested. So I would certainly hope that the patients that I found on the forums where I had to deal with people saying, you know, what about the cavemen and all this stuff. But, you know, I learned a lot. But I have found myself um, when I talk to people, even like a couple of times we've had conversations and I've looked at some of the things I've said and I'm like, no, that's not what I meant. Like what we, when we were talking about protesting and we were talking about single-issue campaigning. Um, so things that, you were saying? Yeah, yeah. Like I feel okay. I, um, because I, I thought that I might have given you the wrong idea about what I meant. Okay. I mean, I don't know if I did, but that's why I wanted to re-clarify because I, you know, once you've said something out loud, you can't edit it. You can't take it back. You can't take it back. So when you're in a forum... You know, I used to write pages and pages and pages to these people. I mean, I would have days of debates with these people. I mean, that's what you can do on forums. You can get a topic and two of you can just go at it. And it's wonderfully, you know, it's some people just do it just for the fun of it. I think these guys go on these forums, they don't give a hang about veganism, but they love the philosophical debate. And then they go on another forum and debate, you know, sexism or whatever. It's just their thing. I mean, I, Gun control. Yeah, I, I could be wrong. But but when, you, when you're talking to somebody, you're... You can't take it back. And that's the thing that I'm trying to practice. So what I want to be able to do is go to these things and just... Everybody, we just side by side. And they can give out their literature. Do you know what I mean? They can give out their literature, which I don't want to give out. And I can give out my literature. But I'm too chicken to go by myself and say to them, no, I don't want your literature. (laughs) You know, I have this literature (laughs) and I want to give this out. Because I'm too chicken to get involved in any kind of conflict um, with with people who, are, you know, are the last people in the world that I'm trying to get into conflict with. I mean, I want to talk to people and try to convince them to be vegan. Um, I don't want to talk to other activists who are already vegan and get into a big argument about literature. <laughs> I mean, some people yeah. do do that, and that's they have There's bigger things. Well, I think it's all connected. I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I, you know, okay. I um, if you ever just listen to Gary Francione debate the other animal people, which he doesn't get to do very often. Um, Yeah, there's a lot of conflict there, but I'm not him, and I am not trying to do that. Um, I'm not comfortable doing that. I mean, I know my own limitations. So when I I go out into, when I, if I do community activism, I sincerely hope that I do not lose my patience and say to somebody, um, or turn people off completely. That, that's definitely a mistake. But it can happen, and I think it's, it's going to happen. Um, when you're talking to your friends about this, when you decided to go vegan, what, what was it like? Did you bring it up with them, or did they bring it up with you? And did any of them just say, God, this is you know rubbish, and just walk away? How has it been with your interaction with people, you? And, and, I, and forget act like going to the protest. Let's just talk about your friends. Okay. Like, how do you deal with the conflict? Well, um, you said just there, I, I let them bring it up. I don't. 
I don't start preaching about it to my friends. But just just last night I went out and I told them they were making fun of me for being vegetarian. And I said, well, actually, this year I've decided I'll be vegan. You know, it's just been three months that I've decided to be vegan. Yeah. And they said, they started saying, oh, have you just had a spiritual awakening? And was I going to run off and join a commune and things like that? So hmm. I just let them bring things up and hopefully they'll learn from my example that, you know, not, not all vegans are very odd people, you know. I'm still a normal person, still the same person I was before. It's just I don't want to hurt animals this way. Correct. So when they said that to you, did you did you laugh with them? Did you continue the conversation or did you just kind of like smile and then you, they just kind of stopped talking about it? I smiled and continued a little bit, but I wanted to change the topic pretty quickly, really. Okay. So I think... I, think, I didn't argue with them a lot. Right. Well... The good thing about your friends is they already know you and they're already used to you being around and they're yes. going to learn, they're going to learn that you're the same guy and you're still going to do the same things with them minus actual participation in eating of animals, you know, whatever, which is mostly, I mean, from what I can gather from what you've told me, you were a, pretty much almost a vegan when you were a vegetarian. I mean, you weren't one of those vegetarians like I was who was eating fish and stuff. I mean, you didn't wear leather or anything like that, right? So you were already quite far along. Um, it was just things that had milk in them. Yeah, it was only milk that you ate. I mean, you didn't eat eggs. You, you know, they've already seen that. For them, it's the only difference between what you were doing before and what you're doing now is you don't touch milk. So they're not going to hardly see. All they're going to see is that that's going to drop off your menu. Yeah. But everything else from the last three <laughs> years is the same. So, you know, I think it's great. I mean, it is, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm just so really glad that to know that you're out there, <laughs> you know, and that <laughs> you ha that you can just live amongst your friends. And I, I think it's incredibly, this is the way we're going to change the world. You know, and I'm not saying that uh, people can hear that and hear idealism and craziness, but I'm mean, deadly serious. I mean, when you're talking about trying to get rid of slavery, when you're talking about trying to get, you know, trying to get rid of racism and stuff, we're talking about changing the world. And I really strongly believe that we can do it. And it's and it's because of people like you, in places like that. I mean, if you hadn't come along in, into their lives and done what you've done, uh, they would never probably have even heard of any other way of this except for the crazy portrayal in the in the media and things like that so <laughs> you're doing a huge thing i mean i'm not saying you know i i just it, you don't don't um just just realize how powerful it is what you're doing i mean without getting a huge ego and all that which you don't seem to have but it is a very powerful thing this is the thing that because it, you can influence people everyday life that's why i i don't try to go after authority figures i don't think it's i think it's a total waste of time to try to go to the government and and try to get them to change right, laws yeah. you can't change laws if the population isn't interested in those laws the laws mean nothing to them. You change it by grassroots movement. That's the way I try to do activism. So maybe I'll never get up the courage to go to an animal uh, gathering here uh, and hand out my pamphlets. But I certainly do talk to people in my life. And they, they always want me to go out and have fun with them. And they don't exclude me. I mean, your friends haven't started excluding you, right? No, they haven't. See that? No, yeah, that's really important. That lets them. That lets you know, and that lets everybody else know that you're not shunning yourself. You haven't suddenly 
become so weird that they can't even have your company around anymore. <laughs> you know, like I do. I mean, say say in your town there was two of you. Well, that's that's a hundred percent increase, Jordan. If you get one other person, <laughs> it's a hundred percent, right? And you know what I mean? Yeah, right on that. <laughs> so, I can't argue with that logic. <laughs> exactly. Well, I think we're going to end the show there, and um, I'm hoping that next time Jordan's on the show, he talk. I let him talk more, and um, please feel free to interrupt me. Jordan and um, I really appreciate you coming on and um, just uh, go ahead and plug your website and your blog again uh, or your uh, podcast again for, for people and then I uh, will say goodbye well thank you very much for having me and I'd love to be on if you ever want me on again absolutely uh, my website is www.bebo.com slash inverveggies that's b-e-b-o dot com slash i-n-v-e-r V-E-G-E-S, Invera Veggies. And I also have a podcast on, if you search for me on iTunes, it's J Won't Dart. And if you put that in, it'll come up. And in future episodes, I will be talking about being a, being a vegan and things like that, animal rights things. Fantastic. So thank you for having me on. Thank you for coming on, and I'll catch up with you soon. Keep in touch, and we'll do another episode with you on again soon. Sure. <laughs>